0: Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Jim, I have a question for you. Many times when we travel, we see the perfect, sovereign timing of God. How would you encourage a man today who is experiencing a challenge and is waiting for God to do something special in his life?
1: Paul, perhaps the easiest way is to tell two stories. The first is humorous. The second is a Bible story. The first story is about a tribal king whose thankful, faithful servant always said, this is good, no matter what happened. One day the king was hunting with his servant. The king fired his gun at some birds and the gun backfired and blew off the king's thumb. The servant looked at him and said, "Oh king, this is good." The king was writhing in pain, looked at the servant and said, "It hurts, you foolish servant. I'm putting you in prison for always saying this is good." A year later, the king's hand was healed and the thumbless king goes hunting by himself. He wanders into a region where cannibals live. They capture the king tie him up, and are going to eat him. The cannibals believe if they eat a person, they get that person's spirit. Then they have two spirits and are more powerful in battle. But before they eat a person, they have to examine him to make sure his spirit and body is perfect. They examine the king and see he has no thumb. We cannot eat him. He is not perfect. Get him out of here. So they release the king and send him home. As he's walking back home, he looks at his hand and sees where the thumb was blown off and says, this is good. It saved my life. Then he recalls that he placed his servant in prison for saying, this is good. He rushes to the prison and says to his servant, please forgive me for putting you in my filthy prison with bad food for saying, this is good. It was good. It saved my life. The servant responded and said, Oh, no, king, this is good that I was in prison. The king was amazed. How can you keep being thankful and saying this is good even in my prison? Oh, my king, this is good that I was in prison for you. See, if I were not in prison, I would have been hunting with you. I would be the one captured and I have a thumb. End of the first story. Just keep it in mind that man makes decisions, but God is in control.
0: That's a great story, Jim. Scripture says all things work for good to those who are called according to his purpose. It's hard to believe sometimes that God is working all things after the counsel of his will when things appear to go against what we want or believe.
1: Time for the second story. From 1 Samuel 9, and as I read, let's count the number of times something appears to happen randomly, yet was part of God's perfect, sovereign timing. Ready? Verse 1, there was a Benjaminite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bekorah, the son of Athia, of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. And he was a head taller than anyone else. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. So here we go, story number one. Some donkeys get lost. It sounds innocent, right? Just another day on the farm, another problem to solve. But this day, it just happens that some dumb donkeys get lost. Now, the Bible does not call them dumb, but hey, they got lost. Let's keep reading. Kish says to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. Number two, take one of the servants with you. Which one? Kish did not say which one. He just said, take one and go. Your choice, Saul. So Saul just happened to pick an unknown, unnamed servant I will call Mr. Unknown. Number three, where do we begin our search? Which direction did the donkeys go? Who knows? Let's make our best guess. So Saul and his servant just happened to go towards Ephraim. Verse four, So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Celesha, and they did not find the donkeys. They went on into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find him. So now we're at number four. They just happened to be unable to locate the donkeys. But I thought God's will was good, acceptable, and perfect, according to Romans 12. But now it looks like total discouragement is about to set in. When they reached the district of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Number five, that random servant, Mr. Unknown, that Saul picked just happened to know that in this town where they were searching, there was a man of God, and he convinced Saul to consider asking the man of God. Verse seven, Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered him and said again, look. I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God so that he will tell us which way to take. Formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, Come, let us go to the seer, because the prophet of today used to be called a seer. Number six, the servant Saul chose just happened to be carrying more money than Saul, who was a son of a man of standing. The servant had the money needed to give a small gift to the seer. Good, Saul said to the servant. Come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. Number seven. They, the two young men, just happened to meet some young women. And they asked them, is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's ahead of you. Hurry now, for he has come to our town today for the people have a sacrifice at the high place number 8 Samuel the seer just happened to be in that town that very day
0: before you get too far along jim it just happens we need to remind our listeners that this is men alive with dr jim cunningham from go teach global for a printed copy of this program's teaching, or with any questions you may have, contact Dr. Jim. His email is God at gmail.com. Now, the next step that just happened.
1: Back to our story. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not be eating until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Go up now, you should find him about this time. They went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way to the high place. Number nine, as Saul was entering the town, Samuel just happened to be coming out of town to offer a sacrifice. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. Verse 16, about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Number 10. God told Samuel the day before that he, God, just happened to arrange to send a man to him from the tribe of Benjamin the next day, even though Saul just happened to have left home three days earlier. Does that mean the donkeys on the loose may have had a divine finger open the gate? Let's continue. The Lord says, Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. So number 11, Saul just happened to be the man God sent to Samuel to anoint as king. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? Number 12, Saul just happened to ask Samuel where to find the seer. I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me, and in the morning I will send you on your way, and I will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. We come to number 13. The donkeys just happened to have been found and returned home. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? So Samuel has a meal with Saul and anoints him king of Israel. Do you get the picture, men? There is an eternal destiny being worked out here on earth between the sovereignty of God and the free will of men. Who let the donkeys out, God or man? Answer, both. Who chose the servant, God or Saul? Answer, both. And so it continues today. Who is making decisions in your life? You are. Who is using those decisions to work his glory? God is. Romans 8.28 says we know that all things work for good for those that are called according to
0: his purpose. Galatians 4.4 says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. God's timing is perfect. God works according to human decisions. It just happened that a Roman tax census caused Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem and Jesus was born in Bethlehem. It just happened that Herod tried to kill Jesus, so Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt, and Jesus later came out of Egypt. It just happened that Archelaus ruled Bethlehem when Mary and Joseph came back from Egypt, so they were directed by an angel back to Nazareth, and Jesus was called a Nazarene. All these events, by my calculation, likely occurred within a
1: seven-year period after 400 years of silence by God. The interplay between man's decisions and God's sovereignty is one of the greatest mysteries in Scripture. But whatever view you hold, both are at work in building God's kingdoms. God's timing is perfect. Like our tribal king
0: servant said, this is good. Thanks, Jim. There you have it, men. God's timing is perfect. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, contact Dr. Jim. His email address is God at gmail.com Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ.